This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. I, I just uh, applaud them, and uh, I, I want to say thank you to, to all of them. And when you see them, you thank them as well, because that's not easy. If you don't believe it, uh, try it sometime. But a special thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. Well, I want to thank, too, uh, Brother Bruce Hudgens. I heard you had, uh, you had an awesome message. You had a great service. Amen. Appreciate Brother Bruce standing in for us so we could be down with our our family down for Christmas. Uh, appreciate that so much. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a dear friend and a dear brother and a great blessing to Passion Church. Uh, we're going to continue with, uh, finish up with our series on receiving God's gifts. We're talking all this month, we've been talking about, at least in my, my uh, series messages, about receiving uh, God's gifts. And if we could, let's turn over to Luke 1 one more time. That was kind of our text scripture or basic scripture that we were, we were kind of launching our platform. We were launching from uh, for this series of messages where the angel had come and he had brought a word. The angel brought a word to a young girl, a young virgin named Mary uh, in Nazareth. He had brought a word to her from God. And we looked at uh, the main thing we're looking at is her response to that word. And here's the thing. God is still speaking today. And if you are not hearing, then it's your fault, not His. You're probably too busy, too distracted. Hello? And I want to tell you something. God will not just, you know, interrupt your busy schedule, and just, you know, knock you on the ground, say, hey, boy, listen to what I got to say. He is waiting for somebody to have a love affair with him, somebody who desires and hungers to know him and to know his will and to do it. Those people will hear the word that God is speaking. And so here is Mary, and the angel comes and gives a word to her, you know the story, and uh, you know, uh, he says, you, you're going to have a son. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. We've talked about that, that aspect of the Holy Spirit active in our life. The Holy Spirit, now, you know, God's everywhere present. Theo- in theological terms, we call that uh, um, uh, omnipresent. He is everywhere present. Amen? His presence is everywhere. If you go to the moon, he's going to be there. If you go to Mars, His presence is going to be there. But here's the thing. God's active presence is not everywhere. I know a lot of people, they hadn't, had, they hadn't seen God do anything in their life in years. They haven't gotten a fresh word from God in years. They haven't had any communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit in years. Hello. See, it's not enough. We got saved. Wonderful. Maybe we even got filled with the Spirit, and, and, and we, we spoke in other tongues, and we, we had the thrill of that in our life. But listen, God wants something for today. 
We need to hear a word for today. When God is actively present somewhere, something is being changed, something is being healed, something is being made whole, something is fulfilling and, uh, the will and purpose of God. Are you listening? Now think about it. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, there was a manifest presence of God there, wasn't it? Now you think about it. All the great empires that were in the world at that time. But God was, even though the presence of God was there, it was not active. Here was this little band of people, by comparison, a small nation on the backside of nowhere, no internet, no cameras, no radio, no newspaper, nothing, you know, they could say, wow, look what God's doing out here. But yet God's presence was there working in those people. And we may look at ourselves and say, well, Passion Church is not the biggest church in, in Montgomery. We're not the, the largest. We're not the richest. We're not the this or not that. But I want to tell you something, Passion Church, if we will hunger and thirst and seek after God and have the manifest presence of God in our midst, in our lives, I'm going to tell you what, people will find us. But they won't find us because we have a pretty church house. Montgomery's full of pretty church houses. I'm not putting that down. I'm not belittling it. But listen, we need to understand God has a purpose for this. And it's not just so we can have a pretty building. He wants to do something. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's still true. So the word came to her, and she said in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. But listen, we can't say that if we don't have a word. Well, you know, God spoke to me, you know, 40 years ago, but what's God saying now? You know, this same uh, Israelite nation, when they were out in the wilderness, God fed them with something called manna. Remember that? You know what the word manna means? What is it? What is it? They went out and looked at this stuff on the ground. God said, here's your food. And they were like, everybody was asking, what is it? That's literally what the word manna means. What is it? They, what is this? I don't know. What is it? But, you know, God told them, with the exception of the Sabbath day, that if they did not collect fresh manna every day and they tried to hoard it up and keep it, it got corrupted. It got worms in it. Even though it was sent from heaven. Even though it was sent by God. Even though it had a purpose. And listen, sometimes I see Christians, you know, their walk with God is not relevant and it's kind of got some worms in it. That's not how we want to be, is it? Well, wow. I'm going to go sit down. I didn't hear anybody... I'm going to amen myself, I guess. We need to be like Mary. But listen, we can't say that if we don't have a word from God. Do you have a word from God? How has God said to you about 2019? What is He saying about His plan and His purpose for your life? Well, I don't know. Well, have you taken time to find out? 
I mean, we know what the prognosticators are saying in the news, what they're saying about the, the Dow Jones, what they're saying about the market. We know all about that. We talk to our financial counselor and all that, and that's all what, fine and good. Nothing wrong with that. But I'd rather know what God has to say about 2019 than all of that. We plan our retirement. We plan everything. But yet, when it comes to our walk with God, we're haphazard. Let's don't do that. Let's don't be that way. So we're talking about today receiving the spoken word. Turn over to Romans 10. Receiving the spoken word. Now, we, we mentioned this before in our remarks that the English uh, translation, where W-R-D, word, uh, is from two different Greek words. And if you, if you, if you know a, even a little bit about different languages, if you've had any exposure to any other languages other than English, you'll realize that, that, that the Greeks this way, and to some degree, uh, all Latin-based uh, languages are this way. They're much more precise. Because when we say, you know, we say word in English, we only got one word for word. Word. But in the Greek, it was much more specific. There was a word that meant the written word, logos. Remember, we talked about that, L-O-G-O-S. And then there's the word spoken, like the angel brought to Mary here, the spoken word, or like when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us or speak to us a specific word from the logos, that becomes a word called rhema. And that's how faith comes. Now, notice what he says here, verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message or the word, and the message or the word is heard through the word about Christ, the rhema. What has God spoken to you today? What is he saying today? Wonderful that God has spoken things to you in the past, but what is he saying today? Wouldn't you marvel if, you know, if somebody, you know, you saw somebody, uh, your, you know, your neighbor, and uh, you looked out your door, and in their driveway, they were pulling up with a horse and buggy. So, man, what are you, what's going on here? I mean, what, what's up? What's up? Well, I'm, man, you know, the horse and buggy, this, uh, my, my daddy, uh, used a horse and buggy, grandpa used a horse and buggy, great-grandpa used a horse and buggy. I mean, I'm driving the latest thing. It's horse and buggy. Say, man, you need to come over here. I need to explain some things to you. See, sometimes we've got a partial revelation or something that God said to us, but it may be by comparison as because God is progressive. Amen. You read the Bible, you start over here in Genesis, and there are there are principles that are the same. God is the same. But the revelation of God's plan and who He is and how He works, it's progressive as you come into the New Testament. And God is always moving forward, even though He doesn't change. He's wanting to move us forward. He doesn't want us to go back to the way it was. He wants to take the lessons that we learned and move forward. Amen? See, we, we take the principle of the wheel on the buggy, and we still use it in our car. But you know what? I don't want to go back to, to shoveling horse poop. <laughs> Having to get up in the middle of the night and feed that thing. 
You know, we've got something better, don't we? And we, that's the same thing with God. And he says he's going to speak a word to you that's going to, give, it's going to bring faith into your life. And we know this, without faith, it is impossible. How many of you want to please God? Well, there's only one way. By faith. Oh, I love God. Well, we're glad that you do. But he didn't say that's how you please him. It, don't misunderstand me. That's important. I'm glad that you love God. And we should love God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind. Isn't that right? Amen. Absolutely. But he said faith is the way we please him. You know, what we're doing, moving into this building, that's a step of faith. Well, it is. <laughs> Rhema always brings faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word or the rhema of Christ. And so we talked about this. Get along with God. Get this book. Get you a notebook. Get along with God until you hear something from God. Oh, but I'm too busy. You're, you got that right. You're exactly right. You're too busy. You need to cut something off. But, you know, we know that God, we understand, you know, God is, uh, he is so patient, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. He is so long-suffering, and so it's real easy to put God off. If we're going to cut something out of our agenda, it's real easy to cut him off because he don't yell so loud. But, you know, those kids and, and dad and mom, they yell. And, and the boss at work, they yell. Those projects that are got a due date, they yell at us, don't they? Sure they do. I understand. But, you know, we've got to uh, so organize our life or reorganize our life to say, you know what? I need a word from God. I need that more than I need anything. We used to have a song we sang years ago. It said, more than the air I breathe. More than the food I eat. A word filled with God's spirit life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, I'll just quote it to you. He said, the words, he said, the flesh profits nothing. But he said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are full of life. When faith comes, something comes into our spirit. It is life. It is light. It is knowledge, and it is, if we will receive it like Mary did and act upon it, then you know what? It, things are going to change. And I got news for you. God wants us to change. God's rhema is given to us to change our viewpoint and our belief. And I heard, I heard a radio preacher years ago. He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, I've been preaching this gospel for 50 years. I hadn't changed one thing I preached or taught in 50 years. And I thought, dear God. See, he, he was bragging about it. Well, certainly, I, you know, I understand. Of course, we're preaching Christ and Him crucified. But I want to tell you what. There, there's a lot to be learned just in that statement. That God wants to, to, to work into our lives and work through our lives and to make us not just uh, save for ourselves, but something He can do in us that will spill out of us into other people's lives. So it's change, change your viewpoint. When God speaks to you, all of a sudden, you've got a different viewpoint. I mean, here's Abraham. He's going along, you know, living his life, making a living, doing everything he can. And God says, hey, Abraham, 
Come over here. I got a word for you. I want you to leave all this and go to a place I'll show you. Say what? I mean, that changed his viewpoint. That changed his outlook. That changed his belief system. All of a sudden, God says, I want you to stretch your concept and understanding of me, God, and also what my plan and will was for you. I mean, he was just doing his thing, you know, working, getting up, working, getting up, going, you know, like, you know how it is. Taking care. Well, he didn't have any kids, but, you know, doing all the stuff he was doing. But one day, God gave him a word. It changed everything. It changed his viewpoint. When's the last time that you had a word from God and it changed your situation? It changed your viewpoint. It upsets your apple cart. All of a sudden, you, you saw there was a bigger plan God had for your life. Or that you were to be a part of something bigger. Hello? It's also given to bring about God's will. Amen? God has a will for your life individually, and He has a will for you to, uh, that concerns His body corporately. Are you listening? He has an, see, in America, again, our culture comes into the church. We are one of the most individualistic cultures in the world. Are you listening? I was looking at a thing the other day, just from a business model, talking about how decisions are made in different cultures. You know, here it's more top-down. It's individual down. But in a lot of other cultures, it's a collaborative effort. And we see this, those of you that are in, in the business world, you know this, there's, there's more and more of a move to collaboration where teams come together and they look and solve issues and come up with, with uh, solutions and all that. That's a collaborative, it's corporate. This is what I'm saying. God has an individual will for you, absolutely. But He also has a will that has to do with a collaborative corporate uh, uh, working in His body. And for us, that this is our home church, this is where God's taking, that's taking place. And if we're not hearing what God is saying, we're going to be, uh, you know, everybody else is going to be marching north, and we're going to be going south. Or everybody else is going to be going west, and you're going to be going east. Come on. What if an army did that? What if half the army, you know, they got orders, and half the army, you know, went one way, and the other half went the other way? So, God, we need to receive God's Word. What is He saying to you? What is He saying to you about Passion Church? Well, I don't know. I thought that was your job. Well, it's a whole lot easier to lead if you were hearing the same thing I was hearing. And, you know, it would be a lot easier, too, for you to follow if you hear God say it than if you just hear it secondhand. It'd make mine and your job easier. Respective, you know, receptive to the Word. A new word always equals a new way. A new word equals a new way. Let's don't be like that radio preacher I talked about. I'll tell you what, I ain't heard nothing, learned nothing new in 50 years. Don't go bragging about that. 
I mean, you can brag that you've followed Jesus and served him for 50 years. That's fine. But don't go bragging. We want, you know, we want to take, Jesus said, every scribe instructed into the kingdom of God, he said he's like a household manager, like a steward who brings forth out of, you know, his chest, his closet, you know, where he has all the things he uses, things both old and new. Amen? Now, I, I'm, I tend to be, probably most of you know this, I tend to be uh, very conservative, and I like traditional. That's my style is traditional. Nothing holy about that. I'm just telling you, you know. But, you know, at the same time, I also like new stuff. Don't you? I like new stuff. I like, now I like my old stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I like new stuff, don't you? Man, you buy that new car? Man, got that new car smell? You know? All of a sudden, I'm driving a car that's talking back to me. Hey, dummy, <laughs> take the brake off. <laughs> hey, dummy, do a U-turn. You're going the wrong way. I mean, you know, it doesn't say dummy, but, you know, it, I mean, it, you know, all that, that's all good. Isn't that right? It's nice, you know, to get some new clothes. It's all that, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's new. We, we want to enjoy the old, but also God wants to do something new. It's that way with God. Thank God for our past. Thanks God for the history that we can look at and the legacy we can look at in Passion Church and say, thank God for how, well, how God's worked and used us and the things He's done to impact our city and the world. But you know what? God wants us to remember that, but He also wants us to know He's got something new for us to do. And you're the one to do it. That's why you're here. Say, I'm the one to do it. Absolutely you are. You're more than able to do it because God's in you. God's called you. God's anointed you. You better know it. A new word is a new way. You remember Jesus said this. You can just write the, the Scriptures up on the screen. Luke 5. He said, he said, no man puts new wine into an old bottle. Otherwise, the old bottle is broken, so you lose the old bottle, and the new wine is spilt, so it does you no good. Amen? God is wanting to do something fresh and new in Passion Church. Are you listening? But we have to be receptive to what He's saying. You say, well, what is He saying? Well, that's what I'm getting at. You need to find out what He's saying. Now, if I tell you what He's saying, you know, that's going to be partial at best because some of you, you know, you have a mixed relationship with me. You're still waiting to see, you know, what's going to happen with this new guy. Hey, I didn't just fall off the apple truck yesterday. Well, we're just going to see. I understand it's human nature. That's why you need to find out what God's saying. Then you don't have to be in such a conundrum about, you know, well, I don't know if the pastor's really hearing. Because you know what? If God's speaking to me and God's speaking to you and we're all in this thing together corporately, we're going to hear something that's going to be comparable. But see, if you got it from God and then you hear me say it and you know when I say it, hey, I know that's from God because God said that to me, then all of a sudden your confidence level in your pastor will go up too. Otherwise, you don't know. Well, that's what the pastor's saying, but, you know, that's preacher talk. 
Well, it ought to be believer talk. Then he, go, he went on to say, he said, no one who drinks the new wine really wants it because they say the old wine's better. Hello. One thing I found out about human nature, we do not like change. God, do anything, but don't change. Nothing. I don't want to change. I don't want to have to do anything that's inconvenient. Don't ask me to do more than I'm doing. Don't ask me to pray more, give more, do more, serve more. And dear Lord, don't have us be a portable church, whatever you do. You know, God has a way of proving us. And one of the ways He does is He'll tell us something to upset our little apple cart. You know, we all got our little apple carts we're pushing, don't we? I got mine. You got yours. Come on. We're pushing our little apple cart and selling our apples. Oh, boy. But we don't want God to come and upset our apple cart. Don't tell me to do anything that's going to require more of me. Come on. Boy, it's awful quiet in here. Pliable is to be receptive. We have to be pliable in God's hands. When God says something new, we need to be receptive and pliable and say, Lord, just like Mary said, may it be done unto me according to your word. And I'm going to do, I'm going to get in there. If it upsets my life, it upsets my family, if it upsets my apple cart, if it upsets my plans, we're going to do it your way, God. Amen. Some of you, do you good. God just told you to sell everything and move somewhere. <laughs> oh, I don't believe God does that. We'll talk to Abraham. Heck, I've done that. I'm not Abraham. Nowhere near Abraham. But I've done that more than once. Some of you have. But listen, that may not be what God's asking us to do, but he's going to be, he's going to be asking us to do something. And if you're not pliable, you, you ever tried to uh, bend something that wasn't pliable? What, what ended up having? It was broken. See, if we're, if we're not pliable, we'll end up broken. We need to be pliable. That means to be receptive. Rigid is to resist the Word. Pliable is to be receptive to the Word. You know, sometimes it's, it's as simple as just hearing a Word that makes an adjustment in our life. I remember Luke 5, in the first six, seven verses there, says that Jesus was walking by Galilee, and, you know, there was a large crowd there and everything, and he saw some boats that were pulled up by some fishermen on the edge of the lake. And he, he got into one, which happened to be Simon Peter's, and, of course, we know that wasn't an accident. God doesn't have accidents. You and I may have an accident. God never has an accident. God has a plan. He has a purpose. So he got in that boat, and he asked Peter, you know, you know, push out just a little ways here so I can teach people, you know, they're all around the shore and everything. And when he got through uh, uh, teaching them and everything, he told Peter, he said, he said, Peter, push on out into the deep here for, and let down your nets for a catch. Now, they had already washed out their nets which means they were done. 
They were through. And Peter, in fact, confirmed that when he said, Listen, Lord, we fished all night long, and we have caught nada, zero, zilch, nothing. Maybe some of you are feeling that way. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been praying. I've been believing. I've been doing this stuff. And, man, here's what i got to show for it. Zero. But Jesus told him, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop, for a catch. And Peter said, well, Lord, now we've done that all night long. Nevertheless, regardless, in spite of, at your word, we'll let down the nets. And you know what? He, and when they did, they caught two boatloads of fish. Now, see, Peter was, see, when we say Peter was a fisherman, that doesn't mean like you and I where we're going out and just catch supper. He was a commercial fisherman. He had partners. They had multiple ships. They caught fish, and they sold them in the market to make a living. So all of a sudden, here's these guys all night long. They've been fishing, 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 doing what they knew to do, nothing. But at Jesus' word and their response, obedience to His word, all of a sudden, they, I mean Him and His partners, they had a tremendous landslide of business. Because you can't eat two boatloads of fish before they spoil in the day when they didn't even have refrigeration. They had to sell those fish. That's why when Jesus called Peter to follow him, he was, he was, it was okay because all that money they just gathered up took care of his family. Boy, God's got a plan, doesn't he? We're talking about receiving God's gifts, receiving the spoken word. Submit to the word spoken to you. That's what it means. When we say, Lord, whatever you say, that's what we're going to do. If you say go, we go. If you say stop, we stop. If you say sell, we sell. If you say buy, we buy. Doesn't the Bible say that our life is not our own? But yet, most Christians I met, they live it as if it were. They do what pleases them, when it pleases them. And if it's inconvenient, God will understand. Well, yeah, He understands. He understands that you, that you are not committed. That's what He understands. And so here's the thing. We have to submit to the Word that God's speaking to us. Amen? Listen. Can I just be, I want to be very frank with you. I am not interested in just having a nice building. If that's what it's about, count me out. I don't mind working hard. I've been over there uh, every day I've been in town. I don't mind working hard. I don't mind doing it. I don't mind any of that. But if it's, that's the bottom line for us, then, I, you know, I don't want it. It's got to be about people. It's got to be about God's purpose. It's got to be about God's plan. And this has to be a part of it. And if it's not a part of it, I don't want it. I don't, I don't want the cathedral. I don't want, you know, that's not, I want what God wants for us. And I believe this is a part of it. But it's a means to an end. We have to submit to the word spoken to you. And I ask you this, what do you believe? 
It is easy to believe in our heart and let it stop right there. But that's not real faith. Oh, I love God. I believe God. Yeah, but where's your actions? Come to church once a month. Tip God occasionally. But, oh, you know, you talk to them. They're in love with God. No, you're not. You're in love with yourself. You're in love with the idea of being in love with God. You ever, you ever seen people, you know, who, who are in love with the idea of being in love? Oh, you know. Especially, you know, we've just gone through, oh, man, all these Hallmark movies. Don't get mad at me, ladies. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Prince for Christmas. Prince of Peace, yeah. But, you know, some people are just in love with certain concepts, you know, in their heart. Oh, they're just in that. But they don't do anything with it. You know, you hear people say, oh, I'd love to be able to do this or do that, but they don't ever make any effort to do it. You don't really. You're just loving the, with the idea. But, but if you really, really desire something, you're going to pursue it. You're going to do what it takes. Man, anybody in here sacrifice to get an education? Can I see your hand? <laughs> you sacrifice for your family? Let me see your hand. I could go on and on. You know why you did that? Because you really loved that. You really wanted it. And if we want what God wants, we're going to pursue it. But if we're not hearing what God's saying, and we're not open and receptive to that, then we're just going to go on doing the same old, same old, same old, take another lap around Mount Sinai. Isn't that what got Israel stuck in that 40-year cycle? You know? You ever seen those old World War II movies? I'm probably talking to the guys here now. But, you know, they used to see on the, on the side of the tanks and everything, they would say, you see this message, message, Kilroy was here. Well, I bet you, with them taking that lap around that wilderness area, I bet they would said, Martha, we've been by that rock just last year because I put my initials on that thing. And year after year, they were in this cycle, doing the same thing, doing the same thing, doing the same thing, eating manna every day, you know, manna cotty, but manna bread, manna burgers, every day. Eating the same old thing, seeing the same old landscape, doing the same old thing. We call that a rut nowadays, don't we? See, if you follow God, I'm telling you what, Christianity is exciting. But if you follow your own way, it's as boring as it can be. Like eating some of those diet cakes, you know, rice cakes or whatever they call them things. I don't know what they are. Lord of mercy. Forgive me if you like them, but, man, they taste like cardboard. No flavor, no zest, nothing to them. I mean, what's the point? God wants, listen, He wants our life, our walk with Him to be full of life, to be exciting, to be adventurous, to be, what's God going to do next? Wow, did you see how He saved those people? Did you see Him put that marriage back together? Did you see Him heal that person uh, of cancer? Did you see what God did? Wow. Wow. Instead of, oh, get up, Myrtle, we're going to church. I don't blame you. I wouldn't go either if I felt that way. 
All right, real quickly, turn to James. I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. Thank you, honey. All right, we're doing good. You know, I want to help you. Sometimes, you know, I just gotta speak real blunt. This is kind of one of those blunt messages. But you know what? I want to. Those of you that are already doing it. You love it anyway, and you're right in here with me. And those that you maybe are a little bit asleep, maybe this will help wake you up. I ain't calling no names about nobody. That's between you and God. James chapter 4, verse 7. He says, submit yourselves then to God. Submit yourselves. In other words, if you are under obedience. That's what submission means, to be under obedience to God. Submission is not, oh, yes, well, God's bigger than me. Well, hoorah for you. Aren't you something special? If you just now figured out God's bigger than you, then, boy, you've had an ego problem for a long time, hadn't you? That's not what submission means. Submission means obedience to what God has said. It means I do what He says, not just, oh, yeah, that's nice, God. Yeah, you're wise. You're all, now I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> he says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But see, if you're not submitting to God, if you're not being obedient to what God has said to you, or if you haven't heard anything new in 10 or 20 years, what, something new, no wonder the devil is eating your lunch and popping your bag. For you that don't know what that is, you know, before they had lunchboxes, we used to take them in a brown bag. And the bully at school would, you know, would, would take your sandwich or take your snack out of it, and then he'd just blow up the bag and pop it in your face. I mean, an injury to insult. <laughs> I don't know, some of y'all might have been that bully. I don't know, but I hope, hopefully you're not now. <laughs> All right, real quickly, chapter 2, wind this up, verse 17, James 2, 17. He said, in the same way, faith by itself, it is, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? Is what? Is what? Yes, but I, Pastor, I've got all kinds of faith. Without action, it's? I've been to a few funerals in the years I've been alive. And some of them have been dear friends and beloved family members, sisters, brothers. You know what I'm saying? You know, and you know, but, but when I looked down in that coffin, there was some aspect of them that looked the same. But I knew this. My sister's not there. That's not my brother. I don't care. What is that? Yeah, our features might look a little bit like, but he ain't there. That she ain't there. That ain't them. And listen, we can say, "Oh, I got all kinds of faith in me," but you know, it's just like being at a funeral looking at him. Well, it it sure looks like faith laying there, but it's not there. It can't do anything. Faith without works is dead. Faith without obedience. Someone will say, "You have faith, and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. How can you show me your faith without deeds?" I mean, how can I see into your heart? You say you have faith. Okay, fine. But how, how will I know? How can I know? How can you know if you have 
See, it's not about, see, some people think they have a strong feeling of faith. But without action, corresponding action, this, this is without faith without works. That word works there literally means corresponding action. If I believe something, there will be a corresponding action. Amen? Many years ago in Bolivia, I was in love and still am in love with this girl, and I believed it to the point that I did something. I could have all kind of feelings, and we never got married and had a partnership and had a family and had this wonderful life that we've had to this point because what? I didn't do anything. Either I was afraid, I was intimidated, or this or that. or I know I'm right because I'm, <laughs> I'm quoting the Word because I'm, I'm reading it right here from the book. He said, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And then he goes on and talks about Abraham. See, Abraham said, oh, I love you, I love you, God. Yes, I love you, I love you, I love you. He says, get out from where you are and go to a place I'll show you. Oh, and ten years later, he's still there. Oh, God, I love you, I love you, I love you. Just, God, I want you to, oh, just use my life, do something in my life. God said, hey, boy, <laughs> get up and get going. Start acting on what I said to you. Abraham could have died in the land of Ur with a word from God. Somewhere, you're going to have to muster the courage to say, God, God, here we go. I'm telling you, it looks scary sometimes when God tells you to do something. Every time God tells me to do something, it's always bigger than me. I mean, why would God tell me to do something I can already do? God, I've never had God say, brush your teeth. You know, years ago, people got too extreme on things, you know, and they were like, well, you know, I'm waiting for God to show me how to dress. Well, you imbecile. You don't know how to dress. God's not, God, God, see, that those are, that's not the things I'm talking about. But the big things in life, God's will, God's plan, God's purpose, who are you going to marry? Who are you going to connect with? How are you going to obey uh, the, the individual and corporate will of God so that when you stand before God, He can say, well done. You know. And He says, the Scripture was filled. It says, Abraham believed God because what? You see, in verse 22, He said, you see that His faith and His actions were working together. Faith and actions working together. Let's say that together. Faith and actions working together. That's what produces. That's what releases God's will. That's what brings about change. That's what brings about growth. That's what brings about salvation. Do you know you couldn't get saved without some corresponding action? Because Paul, didn't Paul say, if we will believe in our heart, you'll be saved. If you, I mean, if you believe it strong enough in your heart, you'll be saved, right? That's what he said, right? If you just feel, I mean, you've got all kind of emotions toward God, I mean, you, you'll be saved, right? He said, if you believe in your heart and what? Confess with your mouth.
Let me give you some action points, and we're going to pray and close. He concludes that chapter, and he said, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds, corresponding action. is dead." Why do we encourage you to find your place in the body of Christ? Why do we encourage you to get involved on the service team? Why do we encourage you to get involved in prayer? Why do we encourage you? Because those are things that God has called you to do. That's where God's plan and purpose, as you're doing these things, corporately and obeying God, God begins to speak to you about other things. If, you're, if I wasn't hearing from God, I'd go back to the last thing I knew God said to me and make sure I was doing it. Because God's not going to tell you something else until you do the last thing He said. Why would He tell you something else? You ain't going to do it either. Oh, God used me. He said, well, I tried to, but you don't listen. Amen. Correspond. Allow God's rhema word to change your viewpoint. I encourage you, this time of year, get alone with God in your bedroom, in somewhere, in the woods, wherever. Just, but make yourself a prayer closet. Say, God, I want to hear what you have to say to me for 2019 about my life, your plan and purpose for my life and my family and my church. Let God speak to you. Oh, well, I didn't think, I thought God would only speak to the pastor about the church. Well, why is that? You're, we are the church. Why would he not? You're, you're part of the church, and he's not going to talk to you about the church you're a part of? You're part of the body of Christ, and he's not going to let you know what his plans and purpose for the body of Christ are? Sure he is. Man, then you can get in there. And see, then when, when the hard places come, you've got something to hold on to. Not just a, well, that, just that preacher said that. Well, I don't blame you. If all I had was what the preacher said, I'd, I'd be in trouble too. It's what God said. Cultivate a receptive heart and mind attitude toward God's Word, and then co- cooperate with the Word by your actions. And I'm going to tell you what. You know what? You'll start getting some new manna. Amen. You'll get some, something fresh, something new, God doing something new. I want to see God do something new in my life and in your life in Passion Church for 2019. I don't want to do the same old, same old, same old, same old. I don't want to go through the motions. God, if we're going to do that, i just go ahead and retire. I don't even believe in retirement, but that's what I'd do. We're just going to, we're just going to take another lap around Sinai. Let's just retire. Amen. Let somebody else take it. Amen. <laughs> you know, I'm all for the best person available. The best person God has is available doing it. I believe in that. Amen. But let's commit to 2019. If you will, I promise you God will show you some wonderful things. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you know not. Jeremiah 33.3. We used to say that's God's telephone number. That's a little outdated, isn't it? But I'll tell you what, God's not outdated. Amen. You think all this technology is something? Boy, wait till you get to heaven. You ain't seen technology. Amen. We're amazed that, you know, all the all the, you know, terabytes of memory that these supercomputers can. God, God listen, God remembers every detail of every person and every creature that's ever lived. Now 
your technology is not wowing God. He's saying, I'm trying to help you catch up a little bit here. We're going we're gonna, to uh, participate in communion before we go today. So, you know, this is, this is a wonderful, wonderful time to take communion after a message like this. Because Paul said before we take communion that we are to examine ourselves. He said, let a man, mankind, man or woman, examine themselves. If you didn't get the elements, if you raise your hands, the ushers will make sure that you get them. Just keep them up till they get to you. He said, let a man examine himself. And so eat the bread and drink the cup in a worthy manner. One of the ways we need to examine ourselves is, is this. You know, where is my relationship with God? You know, you don't have to tell me. It's none of my business. But be honest with yourself before God. Be honest in your heart before God. And just say, God, you know, it's great. we got a great relationship. I'm so thankful. I'm glad. But if it's not right, be honest. You don't need to impress me or anybody here. I'm your pastor, not your master. He's the master. Isn't that right? He's the only one you've got to please. So be honest in your heart. He said, let a man or woman examine themselves. And so eat and drink of the, uh, of the cup and the, the bread and the cup in a worthy manner. So I want us to bow our heads just for a moment. And I want us to take a moment to examine our, our relationship, our heart relationship with God. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest before God. And he said, if we confess our sins, if there's something we need to confess, if you just say, God, I've been too busy. I've just, I just haven't made time for you. You know, be honest with God. Get it settled. Thank you, Father. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you, you don't even know for sure that, that you are saved, that Jesus is your Savior. The Bible says if we will believe in our heart and confess with our mouth Jesus as our Lord, we will be saved. God wants to forgive you. He wants to make you brand new. He wants to give you a new start. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. And, but it begins by submitting yourself to God and saying, God, I want to be your child. I want to be a part of your church, a part of your will, part of your plan. Thank you, Father. Paul wrote here, you just continued there. He said, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of of Christ. That word participation literally means intercourse. When we drink, drink the cup at a moment, eat the, the bread and drink the cup at a moment, we are literally saying, you know what? We are in a participatory social intercourse in our relationship with God. Now, that's intimate. That's intimate. That's intimate.
Paul wrote, he said, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for me. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, thank you for the broken body of Jesus. And Lord, though we're many members, your word says we're one loaf, we're one bread. We are the body of Christ. And Lord, we've examined our hearts, we've confessed our sins, and now, Lord, we eat of this blood, and by faith, we recognize that we are participators, partners in fellowship with you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Let's eat together. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the broken body of Jesus, that by his stripes we are healed, that we are one loaf, that we have been baptized into your body, that we, Passion Church, are part of your universal body. Thank you, Father. In the same way, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Father, thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. That blood that is applied on the heavenly holy of holies that even now is interceding for us. That by this blood our sins have been washed away. We've been made brand new. We, have been, uh, we are participators now in the body of Christ. We belong to you. Father, we say your kingdom come and your will be done in Passion Church in our lives individually and corporately by the power of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's drink together. I want to read you something and then conclude this, and then Pastor Walt's going to come with the, with the announcements. I love the way this read in the message. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. He said, when we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't it the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.